I'm Rick Bassman. And I'm Amanda Kelly, and we're both cancer survivors, warriors, thrivers. I was diagnosed at 16, stage four, and given six months to live. Four major surgeries and three years of chemotherapy held later, I made it through. And for years afterwards, I was angry at the world. I was defeated, and although I wasn't dead, I felt like my life was over. I traveled a bit of a different road, diagnosed stage 2B with a grapefruit-sized growth in my chest. Immediately, I saw the reason for what I was experiencing and the opportunity in it to become that person I always wanted to be, the one who believes in herself wholly and who wanted to dedicate her life to helping others uncover that inner faith and resilience. It took me a long time to understand that Amanda's way is not only the right way, the better way, but when it comes right down to it, the only way. Life is a beautiful and blessed gift. I believe that and feel that with every fiber of my being. And my mission is to help others to create that same gift for themselves. This gift is available to everyone who is ready to receive it. Today, I'm healthier and I'm wealthier in mind, body, and spirit than I ever imagined possible. When challenges arise, things that once seemed insurmountable I now see them immediately as opportunities to become even stronger. No matter what you are facing, you have that same strength inside of you. Together as the Cancer Warriors, we are here to lend whatever wisdom and experience we can. To see your challenge as an opportunity, no matter what you're facing. No matter how impossible it may seem, to help guide you to go from, from surviving, surviving to, to thriving. thriving. Please join Rick Bassman and Amanda Kelly for a new episode of the Cancer Warriors podcast every Friday right here on Podcast One. Also available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever else you get your podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Rick Bassman and Amanda Kelly here for another episode of our Amazing Cancer Warriors. I call it Amazing Amanda. It's such a great experience to be able to do this. Oh yeah, it's been such a blast so far and I really can't wait to get into it today. It's just going to be super powerful, I feel like. Literally like talking about strength here. So, let's let's get into it. Rick, do the honors. Uh, absolutely. So quickly, we, we have a, a guest on that I'm particularly happy about today. Uh, she's an old, old friend of mine who we haven't I haven't spoken with until a few minutes ago when we talked for a minute or two off camera before we launched here. Uh, it's been about 14 years. We're trying to figure out how long it's been. And it goes back to a different lifetime from my days in pro wrestling. And my friend, Erica Porter, otherwise known as Jungle Girl, was the world champion of my wrestling company, Ultimate Pro Wrestling. Uh, I found out in tripping around the internet recently that Erica not only had had her own cancer journey, but in, in her own inevitable fashion and come through it with such strength that she has formed a nonprofit called Endorphasm, which we'll learn about today, which Amanda does essentially in, a, in her own way what we do. We try to help people through the experience. And uh, with that, let's bring on this person who's doing this great work in this space, my old friend, Erica Porter, otherwise known as Jungle Girl. That was an amazing introduction. Thank you. 
I'm sure I just winged an old pro wrestling training coming back, uh, coming back to the forefront that on the spot promo stuff, which you're a master of. You want me to cut a promo? Yeah, go to the <laughs> audience, please. Well, so listen, let me talk about the Endorphasm Foundation. So I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in June of 2020. And what the medical community does is amazing with treatments, but they also treat the disease. And we're really not dealing with the entirety of the person. And you feel as though you're relinquishing all of your control to the medical community. And we have a piece of treatment that is ours, and that is self-care. And self-care, whether you're diagnosed or not, is probably the most important piece in all of it. And when you can retain a piece of control, that is a powerful thing. And I believe in the power of movement. I believe in moving through cancer, just as I believe in moving through life. And so I founded the Endorphasm Foundation to empower individuals to move through cancer. So from diagnosis and through, I want to change the narrative of what it means to live with, through, and beyond cancer. So I love that. Yeah, Amanda, that's like so in line with, with your thinking and what you do with your platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way you put that so eloquently as well, so concisely moving through it uh, on a literal and figurative level, it's just, it's so beautiful. So literally moving your body helps to move the toxins, helps to move the energy. And also that continual forward momentum energetically focusing on the future. That's what I did. I focused on the vision of me being healthy and cured the entire time I was going through treatment. So I just, I really love what you're doing. And, you know, it struck me that the self-care is, is the, is the best way to prevent. So, you know, it's my own entire lifestyle is just, rests on that foundation at this point. So yeah, thank you for bringing this forward. Thank you for addressing it. And that idea of giving your power away, I think that is one of the fundamental things that we have to really examine in the entire medical industry, but particularly the, the cancer industry as well. Wow. Hey, listen, this piece of treatment is absolutely critical. And it's not just the physical well-being, it is the emotional well-being, because it's really easy to be going through treatment and to fall into this cycle of not just feeling sorry for yourself, but that fatigue. And it seems counterintuitive, the more I move, the more energy I actually have. But that's the truth, and that's what happens. And so my role is to really engage oncology clinicians to say, hey, listen, you have to be the individuals that are really, you know, at the forefront of this. And you guys are referring your patients out to programs like mine, because if it's coming from their doctor, chances are they would probably adhere to it and then allow it to become a lifestyle. Because there's a lot of people that have never moved. And they don't know what really good feels like. And so if we can catch them before they start treatment, it can change everything. I mean, we already know that it changes outcomes. But yeah. to, to feel different and to feel empowered in the process, 
that is an incredible thing. And that is something that is the individuals to control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's bringing that locus of control back within. And, you know, there is a lot of empowerment that comes from feeling strong and powerful on a literal physical level. I mean, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your background because it's fascinating because it's so different. But I feel like, you know, people like the three of us, oh, I got caught in my hair. We had a little bit of a leg up in the sense that we had a foundation of health and being physically active. I was a gymnast growing up and I was a cheerleader in college and then I got into yoga. So I was doing hot power yoga, handstands, touching my toes to my head at the same time, which is not the norm right. <laughs> for the average person. So in that sense, it's like, okay, I had a head start, but it's like, it's never too late to begin. It's never too late to start strengthening. But yeah, I would love for you to share a little bit more of your background and why you feel so strongly about this, because it's and, so and cool. I want, I want to add something to that also yeah. before you dive in. Uh, Amanda, you just made a great point. Hmm. People that are watching this podcast are probably in different space than we are or where we started from. People are newly diagnosed. They're afraid. They're, they're looking at this now. And they're seeing Erica, you know, in your tank top, looking all jacked up. Um, Amanda is like so vibrant. But they're like they don't have this and, and they're and they're scared so let some people um and, and those are the ones really that we want to help so they're new to it they don't have a foundation so if you could keep that in mind about what happens at the beginning of the journey when you're not already strong and empowered and moving so please um well i'll take you back to basically when i founded and, and coined the phrase endorphasm so I had been, I'd worked as a personal trainer from the time that I was 17 years old. I just turned 49. So it's been a lifetime of working with people. But when I was about 24 years old, right before I had gotten into wrestling, I went and I took a group fitness class and it was the first group fitness class I'd ever taken. And I went home and I was telling my now husband, who was my boyfriend then, I said, you will never believe, like, I don't know what I felt, but what I felt was this powerful, like amazing. It was, and I just kept like spewing out these words about what I realized that my body was capable of doing. I thought I was in shape, but this was like, it took it to a whole nother level. But not only that, it was the first time as a young adult woman, I was 24 years old, where I didn't think about what my body looked like. I didn't think about what I needed to cook. I didn't think about anything other than in that moment, how powerful I felt. And so it was weeks later and we were driving to Big Bear Mountain to go skiing. And I was like, an endorphasm. So he says to me, what? I said, an endorphasm. That is what I experienced in that class. And that's what I want people to experience every day for the rest of their lives. And I want to feel that. And so we ended up defining it and it's defined as the moment during movement that you feel all things are possible. So it took away what movement was, what the fitness industry has made it, which is aesthetic. I do this. I look like this. And it changed it to the power of the feeling and the feeling of the power about how movement makes you feel. 
And so when, I mean, I've worked with thousands of people over the years. And what I've discovered is that when people could connect with how they feel about movement, it changes them. So not only does it change how they feel about themselves aesthetically, it changes their entire mindset. So sometimes that's, hey, do you like to dance? Do you like music? Maybe dancing is something that you like to do. Hey, do you like the outdoors? Maybe just walking is something that you enjoy to do. Yoga, biking, swimming, whatever it is, it's being able to connect with something that makes you feel something and makes you want to continue to do it. So when people start out and they feel like, oh, well, I don't look like you, or I haven't been moving, moving my entire life, say we move every single day. When you get out of a chair, that's a squat. When you get out and you get up and down, you're squatting and you don't even know it. All of the movements that you do every day, whatever is functional for that, find something that you enjoy and makes you feel something. And so that's the power in it is that movement is accessible for everyone. It's different for everyone. And when you can connect to a feeling, it starts to change your entire life. And for me, that was a big deal, especially working in the wrestling industry where I thought maybe I needed to look a certain way or to be a certain way. When I could go back and continue to connect to the feeling of movement and how powerful I actually am and was, that changed things for me and continues to change things for me every single day. That's beautiful. I, the the power of the feeling, the feeling of the power, if I'm paraphrasing that correctly, yeah. that just, that gave me chills when you said that. And it's just, it's so true. I mean, to get into a little nerd science here, that's quantum in action. Yeah, that's, that's the quantum reality we live in. It's all about the feeling. So it's vibration, you, yeah, it is that vibration and it's, mm -hmm. and I think the fitness industry has really done people a disservice because they feel as though fitness is one thing. Like they put it in this box and they've categorized it between the, the dieting industry and the fitness industry. They've mm -hmm. categorized it in this way where it's not for everybody almost, yeah. right? Or I need to look this way. And I'm like, listen, we all come in different shapes and sizes and colors and it's movement is just a, the human body was designed to move. And when we stop moving, we die. I mean, that is the reality of life. When we're not moving, that is when we decline. And that's when, you know, bad things happen. Yeah. Where can somebody who is new to, to their cancer journey that hasn't started yet, instead they're listening to you right now, and they're completely sedentary. Um, they don't walk. They don't ride a bike. They don't do yoga. They don't lift weights, whatever else we could add to that list. And they're, they're like, I'm, I'm sick. They'll, let's say we were talking a bit offline before we came on about how people get stuck, how any of us could get stuck in themselves before we find a way to move, literally or figuratively. Where does somebody start? If they're not in this dynamic space today or in any space of movement, what would you recommend for that? Walking. 
I mean, listen, I invite anybody to go to endorphasmfoundation.org. All of my contact information is on there. They are more than welcome to reach out to me. We are branching and we are actually expanding our services. We are connected with the CETI Certified Cancer Exercise Specialists all across the country. The foundation does a lot to supplement working with these trainers and getting involved in different programs. We will help to place people or to find an individual that's somewhere located near them where they can provide services and feel very comfortable working with an individual that is capable and trained to work with all of the cancer variables. And whether it's the treatment, surgeries, whatever it might be, they are equipped to really be able to work with those individuals. And so, listen, I make myself incredibly accessible. People call me, text me from all over the country. I make the time every day to speak with different warriors that are just starting their journey, that are in the midst of their journey, that are through their journey, but they're not feeling great. So I really, really invite people to reach out to me. That is so incredibly valuable and, and generous. And, and that's that's great. And I want to make sure everybody heard clearly where to find you. And I've, I've looked at your site and your program extensively, and I see that you have a sizable team that works with you as well. So you have resources that you're offering yes. at Endorphasm. And we'll, we'll put a screen crawl on this later, but E-N-D-O-R-P-H-A-S-M.org. So it's endorphasmfoundation.org. All right. So the way I spelled it, plus foundation.org, <laughs> foundation yes. endorphasmfoundation.org. All right. That is great. Uh, thank you for that. That is such Welcome. a huge offer to, um, to people that don't have direction yet. They need a place to start. And just to really put out there too, our all of our services are free of charge. So we don't charge for any of our services. All the work that we do here in Richmond, Virginia, we are also expanding with the YMCA. So everything that we do is, we don't want ever, we don't want money to be an obstacle as to why people can't get started. Amazing. Amazing. So what's the... I know, I know there's no typical person or typical profile necessarily, or necessarily a typical profile, but when someone comes to you, it, is there, I don't know how to say it, is there, is there a type? Is it somebody that's brand new in their journey? Um, is it someone that has been an athlete, someone that has no experience in, in fitness, or is it all across the board? I would say primarily the people that we see are people that have never been involved in fitness because those typically that are athletes and have been involved continue to do what they were doing. So they're more like the three of us, but most of the people that I end up meeting with and that I end up seeing and talking to have never done anything. And so they're coming and they're really just in most cases, they're very deflated and they're afraid and you know, they, those are the people that are typically on all of the sites that they think are supposed to be support networks. And meanwhile, everybody on those support networks are talking about all of the horrible things that are happening to them and how terrible cancer is. 
So you have just, it's feeding this negativity and it's feeding this narrative of what people think a cancer patient should be, where my goal is to change the narrative of what it means to be a cancer patient. Because if you lead with that, if that's your lead in life, then you're already, you, you've, you've told yourself who you are. And so when I talk about who I am as a person, you know, I talk about being a business owner. I own a gym that I've had for 10 years. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am, you know, I'm a mother, a daughter. I'm so many things. And cancer happens to be part of my journey, but it is not who I am. So I think it's really, really important to be able to have platforms like this where you're really trying to encourage people to tell you all the things that they are and all the things that make them so uniquely them, so incredibly them. And then how do we also address this other thing that's happening in your life? And how do we make you go through this in the most empowering way and the most positive way? And how can you help yourself to be better through this journey than you ever were before this journey? That is so beautiful and so empowering. And I think you just hit on another really huge core piece is that identity piece is who are you affirming that you are constantly? And this is what I have seen keeping people in that that negativity spiral, that negativity loop, if you will, of perpetually being the patient, of perpetually being in survival mode. So even right. cancer survivor, I feel, depending on the connotation you have attached to it, that can keep people in survivor, survival mode. And I chose to identify more with thriver and warrior. And I was really, really careful about the words that I was telling myself about what was possible in my situation. And of course, I went through the ups and downs and the moments of grief and all of that, of course. But yes, you you touched on a really, really core point there is that identity piece because affirmations are powerful. The stories we tell to ourselves are so powerful. So how can you, how did you say that? How can you empower yourself or something like that? Yeah. It, it's, it's really taking that power back. Well, I think we unknowingly live our life in accordance to the words that we're speaking and the action that we take. Yeah. And I think it's really important to make a decision. I, I try to tell everybody, I'm like, listen, we're all terminal. Every single one of us, there's not a single person that's making out of this, you know, this, this life alive. It would be amazing if we walked around with this, you know, barcode on the bottom of our foot, this expiration date that said on this day, you will expire. So we have an opportunity. We have this moment and then it's gone. We have this moment and then it's gone. And it's making the decision about living these moments and living them truthfully and authentically and honestly and powerfully. And that is ours. So there's two kinds of people, those that allow the world to impact them, those that allow all of the circumstances that happen to impact who they are as a person. Those are our victims. Those are the victim mentality people. And those that choose the operative word is to choose to impact the world. 
So you make a decision that you, in fact, are going to impact the world. So when I was diagnosed, there was never a point in which I was sad or angry or mad. What I realized is who better a person to bring forth and to start this foundation and to really change the narrative around what cancer is and how we go through it than me. I mean, really, who better? And so, yes, I am thriving every single day. I was thriving before. I am thriving now. And as I did before, I live for the moments. Mm -hmm. I live for the right now. That doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I have bad days. I have things, you know, I mean, life is, there are some things that are beyond our control, but control the controllables and lead with that and make a decision that you choose to impact the world and not allowing the world to impact you. I love that. Not allowing the world to impact you and controlling the controllables because we actually do have a lot more control over our reality than we give ourselves credit for 9.9 .9 times out of 10, I would say. And it, that whole victim mentality versus I am the creator of my reality. I am empowered to shift things. And you know, a phrase that was coming, going through my mind is a body in motion stays in motion. That was going through my mind a lot at the beginning of this episode. So it's like, once you lose, but our society is so sedentary. So that's kind of been in, in so many people. So shifting the narrative by shifting our energy and, and really staying in that frequency of movement of forward momentum is kind of the overarching theme of what I'm getting from what you're sharing here, whether that's on a mental, energetic or physical level, literally moving your body. And I think sometimes it's baby steps again. So I'll go back to the, the fitness mm -hmm. industry and how it has not served the greater population of people is that it's not an all or nothing type of thing. Yeah. It is one step forward. Sometimes for people, I've gone to people's houses and I'm like, listen, let's just walk to the mailbox today. Let's just, let's just do that. And that is a success. That is just appreciating you know, did you walk to the mailbox yesterday? No. Well, then we're ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. It's baby steps. You know, every single person, they crawled before they walked. They walked before they ran. And I think that, you know, I watch people with children. I'm a mom. And we give a lot of grace to children. You know, they fall. We pick them back up. We tell them that they can do it. But we don't give ourselves that same grace. You know, when we, when we fail at something, we think that somehow we're less than and we're not worthy and we beat ourselves up. And I'm like, if you were to give yourself that same grace as you were to give a child, that is amazing. And you will find that life is a lot easier if you allow yourself that grace and to say, listen, sometimes I'm going to take two steps forward and another day I might take a step back. But guess what? You're still a step ahead than when you started. So even if you take two steps and one step back periodically, you're still ahead of the game. And so realizing that nothing just, we, we don't become who we are overnight. We don't make change overnight. And sometimes it's a process and sometimes it's a little bit of patience and realizing that 
one step is all you need to take sometimes. And then maybe tomorrow it's two steps. But I think when it, we have this all or nothing approach to life, it becomes overwhelming for people. And this, they would rather not try than just to take one step. That, that could be a setup for failure, for sure. It is. Like, you guys, it, this is not necessarily apropos of the cancer journey, but something I want to point out, because I'm listening to the two of you. Like, there's a, a bunch of takeaways I'm getting. One is, by the way, you guys have me totally fired up. As soon as we finish our episode, I'm going into my home gym. <laughs> so thank you for that, both of you. Um, you know, secondly, you talk about choice in, in every aspect of our life. Uh, you know, in, in my world, I run across a lot of people. And I, so I keep going back to the same thing. because You guys are so powerful and positive and proactive. And I love that. I keep running across people that are just stuck and cannot get started. And I do what I can to, you know, and what I have in, in my bailiwick to help them with little things like this. I, admittedly, I was getting way too caught up in the news of the world. Now, you know, whatever politics, international war, whatever it is, and I could tell that it was affecting me. Now, it was my choice to seek that material out every day. In the meantime, I keep driving past these billboards in my neighborhood. And they're, they're popping up everywhere for something they call pass it on. And it's like William Chapner's on one saying, reach for the stars, like a play on Captain Kirk and Star Trek. And then there's Maya Angelou, even though she's passed is on another. Um, and, it's, and I keep looking at these and I logged on to it last week, passiton.com. And it is like, it's like the good news website. It's positive stuff and affirmative stuff. And I found myself going to that more every day. And then that led me to other sites like that. And then what? It's like, wow, I haven't logged on to Fox or CNN in a month. Great. Right. Now, maybe I'm a little ignorant about what's happening in the world right now, but I'll take it over where that was leading me. The point is that one little step for that first log on one day brought to more time on it the next day into other things like that. And so I just I want to just point out for people that don't think they have any resources to get off their chair and get started. There's always something you can do, always something you can find. And then one day you'll look like Amanda and Jungle Girl said. <laughs> oh. Hopefully they'll feel like us. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. Feel like Amanda. And yes. It's it's more than feeling than anything. A hundred percent. Yeah. Rick, well, you were just, just Rick, getting old is a bitch. I mean, it's, you know, who are you talking about, Erica? I don't know what you're referring to right now. <laughs> it's it's hard, especially when you look back at like footage of, you know, I just retired from wrestling in 2019. But it's hard to go back and look at things and to say, oh my goodness, I look completely different. My body was different. But when you can connect more to the feeling, then getting old is not so terrible because you realize I'm like, Look, I just ran a half marathon two Saturdays ago through the trails in San Luis Obispo and I killed it, you know? So for me, the fact that I can still do that and I probably will continue to do that until the day I die, it's really what it's all about because our bodies are going to change, right? How we look in a tight little black dress is going to be, not you, unless you want to. I, I didn't want that vision. Unless you want to, is going to be different. And so I think when we get hung up with that and we get hung up on only how we look, 
it's really a hard place. It's hard to get old, especially in this society, when mm -hmm. the images that we're presented with are young and they're beautiful and they're gorgeous bodies, you know, and to realize that that's not really, I mean, look at Maya Angelou, right? This wildly successful woman, beautiful woman, slightly overweight, right? And so when we are faced with our death and we're there and we look back, there's not a single person that's going to be like, I wish I hadn't eaten the cookie or I wished I'd weighed 25 pounds lighter. I wished I looked better in that, in that dress. They're going to say, I wish I'd had more time with my family, with my loved ones to, to do all the things that I love to do. So if we can change, that's part of the narrative of making, you know, make it deciding who are we really? Because when I think about, I've written my obituary and never in there is there anything about, like if somebody went and was like, man, she had some guns on her or she looked great or she, I have not done my job as a human. Yes, I look great. I work my ass off for it, but that's not why I do it. And so when that day comes, I want people to remember how I made them feel, the things that I contributed, what I did on a daily basis and how I changed, even if it's just a small little group of people, I made their life better. That is what I want as my legacy ultimately is to know that I did in fact leave the world a better place. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Um, I mean, what you're saying there is really coming back to the feeling and spreading love and joy and impacting people. And how do you do that? Is, is you feel the love yourself, you feel the joy yourself. So, you know, it just kind of, it all comes full circle together. When we start to take care of our physical vessel, everything in our life begins to improve. What Rick was talking about also was this kind of downward spiral that the news cycle can bring us into versus an upward spiral of positivity, of expansion, of more love and joy and laughter and play and possibility and opportunity. And, you know, it, it's that same idea. It all works together. It might seem like, you know, physical fitness and having an impact on the world might not feel related at first, but actually it all ties together because this is the vessel that we experience all of it through. So it is the foundation. That's why it is so important. And when we're in the midst of a crazy diagnosis like cancer, it's all about the physical. It all, boy, I mean, it's not all about the physical on the, the healing sense, but it is about getting into those baseline layers of how are you taking care of your body and how are you moving your body? Because down to the cellular level, everything is constantly moving. And our muscles are squeezing our blood vessels. The lymph needs to flow in order to release the toxins and everything. So, you know, we don't have to run half marathons <laughs> like Jungle Girl, but uh, I've never run half marathon in my life and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I would have been okay not doing it too. 
I, you know, I just want to one, one more little piece for this little spiel, but um, you know, I have gone through periods where I felt in a little bit of a funk, like really tired and stuff like that. But I really tried to make an effort every day to do something. And what that looked like, I'll tell you exactly. It was like a two to three minute workout. That was 25 squats, 25 pulses and 25 on each side, elbow to knee. And it actually, my heart rate was up by the end of that little, it it was short, but it was moving a lot of the different muscles. And then I would walk. I would walk every day. And for some people, it may take a while to get up to those like elbow to knee things, but start somewhere, start small, do something. It doesn't have to be some intense HIIT workout or a, you know, a five kilometer run every day or anything like that. Um, you know, I dance too, just for fun in my room or something like that, you know, it's moving your body. So anything we can do, it helps us to feel more empowered and more elevated. So it's just, it's all very important and it all ties together and it all helps us to feel like we can make an impact on some level. It's true. It really, really is true. And I think, and that's what you said. The key is just a little something every day. And that little something might turn into something bigger. But it's, you know, I always say, I'm like, I think that we're worth it. You're worth it. You are worth taking that step. And recognizing that worth starts to change everything. I mean, I've watched people that have come in first session with them, you know, and their shoulders are down a little bit you can see how they feel about themselves. And when they walk out, sometimes it's 30 minutes later, sometimes it's 45 or an hour. Their their chest is tall. Their shoulders are back. Their chin is up. There is something transformative about connecting with yourself in that way that really changes. It changes people. I mean, from even from just in my gym, I have people that, you know, were in one particular career path and they came in and they started doing the workouts that we do. And what they realized was they were capable of so much more than they had given themselves credit for. So I have people that have changed career paths entirely and they just felt highly motivated and they felt confident and they felt as though they could in fact take on whatever it is that they wanted to take on. And so, you know, I've seen it in every kind of microcosm, you know, how movement is transformative. So not just transforming the sick into health, but it's, it's transformed, you know, people to realizing that all things are in fact possible. I love everything about that so much. Uh, someone comes in day one with you. They have the dreaded C word. They have cancer. And years later, months later, whatever it might be, there's a whole new life. And it, it's like I look back now and I, I would I would never want to relive, relive my three years that I you know fought this disease. It was not the greatest experience of my lifetime. Um but I look back now and in retrospect, there are many, for many reasons, I'm grateful that I had it. Um, 
it led me to getting to spend this amazing hour with you two fine people. There's always, there's always something greater at, at the end of what we're experiencing now. And you have this foundation you set up for people that are at the beginning and you're offering it for free, which I think is incredible. I, I have to ask, it changes the direction a little bit, but for a moment, if, if you wouldn't mind, how, how are you able to do that? Obviously, so, yes, go ahead. Uh, yes, so I have a... About seven years ago, um, I had started this. It wasn't a nonprofit at the time. It was just so the gym, we collectively got together and we did what was called burpees for boobs. So my husband was working for the fire department at the time. And he had come home one day and he was sitting at the table and he's like, you know what I'd like to do? I said, what would you like to do? Goes, I'd like to turn the lights off. And I said, Oh, really? And he goes, and put some heavy metal music on. I was like, huh? And he goes, and do 500 burpees in under an hour. And I was like, are you insane? I said, I'm going to need you to repeat that again. So he had worked like two back-to-back -back shifts, which are 24 hour shifts. And so I recorded him and I put it on social media and everybody was like, hell yeah, we'll do that. And I'm like, you all are crazier than Carlo is. So I put this out there. And so I said, okay, we're not just going to do this stupid, crazy thing. We're not going to just do 500 burpees in under an hour with the lights off and some heavy metal music playing in the background. We're going to do it for a reason. So we connected with one of the cancer centers here in Richmond, Virginia, VCU Massey Cancer Center. And we said, listen, we would like to raise money for your cancer center. And so they set up a page for us. People donated directly. People would do one burpee and their companies would match. They would do a dollar for every burpee that they did. So we started raising money for this cancer center doing our 500 burpees in under an hour. So come now, I've been diagnosed in June. We always do the burpees for boobs in October. And so when everybody was asking me, what can we do for you? What can we do? I said, I'm going to start a nonprofit. This is what I'm going to do. And the Burpees for Boobs will now be our fundraising event. And so we put it together. In that one day event, we raised about $25,000 in that one day, doing something that most people, even fit people, are like, you're, you're crazy, 500 Burpees. And mind you, every single person that set out to do it has done it the 500 burpees in under an hour. We also recently, since we're expanding, have been asking for grants from other nonprofits and organizations where we actually impact their patients. So some of the cancer centers and different organizations that, that give to nonprofits, a lot of times things go towards research, but I'm like, this is something that impacts patients right now now so not something five years or ten years and research is amazing and we need it and it changes the cancer journey for many people but we've been it's been really people have been receptive organizations have been receptive and so we're very forthcoming in how we utilize our funds and i mean that's really the way that we're able to keep it operational 
what what are your um what are some of your goals for the foundation going forward? Where where are you going to be a year from now and five years from now with Endorphasm? So the goal in after year one of how we're expanding right now, so is to have our services in 17 of the YMCA's in the greater Richmond area. This market happens to be a test market in that services that work, organizations that work in this market, they will then expand nationally. And so the goal then, first, it's we have 10 markets that we want to hit with 10 of the largest cancer centers in the United States, MD Anderson, Sloan Kettering, Dana-Farber, Hopkins. So just to name a few of them. So those particular markets, we want to expand into those 10 markets. So that would be our five-year goal. Beyond that, we'd like to be in every state available, no matter where people are, to have those services in place. Each one of those locations has, the goal would be to have two certified cancer exercise specialists so that they're onboarding patients directly from the oncology offices, and then also working with them one-on-one -on -one, and then integrating them into group fitness because group fitness is really where there becomes accountability and people start to, to just kind of gain attachments with people. And so there's an accountability for themselves and then they feel an accountability to other people as opposed to just one-on-one -on -one training. And so, and we want to normalize the whole process. So we want them to be with other people. And we want the conversations to be about, oh my God, I feel so amazing. And I did this and I did that. And it's not just, oh, on Mondays I go for my chemotherapy and I sit there for six hours and I'm really tired and I can't do this and I can't, and I can't, and I can't, and I can't, and cancer, 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 cancer. We want it to be talking about people's kids, their dogs, their life, apart from cancer. And they have this as an outlet to what they're going through. That's a great business plan. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the vision while, while you're speaking it. And uh, I look forward to seeing these in every city around the Me country. Me too. And <laughs> Up, and, up until then and during that, so people can support you and support your mission by going to endorphasmfoundation.org. Yes. yes. All right. Great. And at the risk of being repetitive for the individual, I'm sorry, my dogs will interrupt every, every episode at least once. My apologies. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. That's why this worked out perfectly because my son is at the dentist right now. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, at the risk of being repetitive, somebody right now in a market where you, you're not, you don't presently have a physical setup can get guidance from you and from your team still by going to your website is that yes. correct? and contacting yes. you and they'll end up being in touch either with you or somebody from your foundation. They most likely will Start be in touch. They will most likely be in touch with me. But so we are connected with CETI. So she is the woman that founded this organization that is a certified cancer exercise specialty training. She was diagnosed with cancer and she started this program. So 
it's recognized by the American Cancer Society. It's recognized by many organizations, including Sloan Kettering, Hopkins, MD Anderson. So they know who she is. They know the certification. So she has certified people all across the United States. And so what we do is connect with those people. And so connect the individual with those people. And so we make sure that cost is not a barrier in, in getting services. So we either connect with local services there that will help cover the cost or the foundation will cover the cost for these individuals to start programs. Wow, what an incredible resource you're offering. That's amazing. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Because costs are a barrier for so many patients. Yeah, it's they it's are. very costly. Even with insurance, there's still so much out of pocket. And if you want to get into the alternative and integrative and the supplements and everything, the self-care stuff, it adds up very quickly. It really it does. does add up quickly. And I've done so much research too when it comes to just a lot of the holistic aspect of what an individual can do. And it's fascinating and it's not surprising in most of the research that I've done over the course of the last three years and the importance of, you know, how we're nourishing our bodies. And it doesn't have to be, I try to tell people too, that nutrition, it's not dieting, it's nutrition. What you're putting into your body matters because mm -hmm. it's just like a car what you're putting into that car is going to determine how well that car runs, how long that car runs, and how efficiently that car runs. And so it's no different. The human body is incredible, and it will adapt to whatever it is that you're doing to it, putting in it. And it's incredible in that way. But when you can understand the difference of what okay feels like, good feels like, and really good feels like, it's life-changing. It is life-altering. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in most cases when you're talking about, I mean, there's a lot of different, I think, schools of thought as far as what a cancer individual should be consuming. But most of my findings have found that a plant-based diet is incredible. And a plant-based diet doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be organic and it doesn't have to be. And I tell people, I'm like, listen, buying a pound of beans is a lot cheaper than buying a pound of meat, like mm -hmm. literally, and it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for something. If cost is something that you're thinking about, tr really having a plant-based diet that's, you know, including legumes and it's, doesn't have to be expensive. You just, you know, need to just educate yourself. Knowledge, yeah. knowledge is power. And, and I want to address people out there that are, are not as advanced as the two of you. And as you two might think I am, but Amanda knows this about me. I'm, I, I'm always like fighting and scratching and clawing to, to get better. And I, you know, you mentioned two steps forward, one step back. Thankfully my life now has that, that net positive steps, but for right. so long I was two forward, five back, and then it got a little better over time, but I still slip and slide a lot. And I wasn't feeling good or great even a couple of months ago. And I radically changed my diet. And 
I didn't go on a diet. I changed my diet to live a better life of nutrition. And because that's that's an important distinction, as you said, nutrition and diet. And I, I gave myself every reason not to do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be expensive. And I'm finally like, come on, Rick, already enough of the excuses. Just freaking do it. It's not that hard. You can go search plant-based diet on Google and or what to go shopping for in the grocery store to eat a plant-based diet. You get a list. So I, I'm always a believer in giving people like easy to follow steps. And guys, I flipped the switch on that 100% not long ago. And this is why at one in the afternoon, I'm like fired up to go work out for half an hour now. Everything changes. So people out there, get up and do something. If after all this, you still don't know exactly what to do next, then call Jungle Girl. She'll set you. Yeah. I'll tell you a really great. So I'm not a big social media person just because I'm a very live in the moment type of person. And so I don't like getting caught up in social media. I don't care how many followers I have. I don't care how many likes I have. Just not the kind of person that I am. I like authentic, you know, just authentic interactions. Like if you like the content that I put out there, great. If you don't, doesn't really bother me, but there is a, um, one of the very few social media people that I follow, it's called Vegan Challenge Club. And so it's all these super simple recipes on vegan eating. And it's, um, they always have like every day, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. So it's really, um, it's cool. Sometimes, you know, you can find some really good content, but I really like theirs, veganchallenge.com or Vegan Challenge group or something like that it's called hmm. yeah you know i'll just add last night i just had the most delicious creamy mushroom vegan soup it was absurdly delicious it was like how is this not the regular creamy mushroom and it was made with cashews yes um, yeah it was it was fabulous like delicious <laughs> i was like give me more i so, make macho cheese with, yeah. with cashews oh my god yes all of it Oh my gosh, you can make the best cheesy type sauces. I love it. Yeah, you can get so creative with the vegan dishes. And I went raw vegan for a while leading up to treatment. And I'll also just add like, you know, changing your your diet, like people have so much attachment to it. The being strict or whatever, you don't, it doesn't have to last forever, but your body really wants a reset when you're in a healing crisis. And to get back to that car analogy, I love that one. I have used it in the past. It's like people treat their cars better than they treat themselves as far as the fuel that they're feeding themselves. It's like, are you going to put sewage in your gas tank for it to run? And that's kind of the equivalent of what junk and processed food is in our country. And we have to realize that the nutrients are the building blocks for ourselves and things will begin to break down if we don't have enough nutrients in our diet. So nutrient density. So, you know, one way to do it is to think about what can you add before you think about what you can take away. And that's also going to fuel muscle building, muscle creation as you move your body. So there's plenty of ways to get protein as a vegan as well. You have to be a little mindful about the variety, but it's not that hard. People have done the work already out there. They're like this. Show you guys something. Here's why I was bouncing around and being rude. Okay. Which I couldn't find. Can you see that? So this is what 
That's what I made for dinner last night. There's now, a lot of green for people listening on audio. <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to describe it. Uh, I'm, first, first call first qualifier. I am not a chef. I'm not even like a, a line cook. That looks pretty uh, good. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. So first of all, here's what it is for the audio portion. It is, uh, and everything was organic, which is not necessary, as you said, but uh, tofu, green beans, broccoli, mushrooms, brown rice. That was the foundation. Yum. What I put on it was I put on um, the liquid aminos. So you don't need soy sauce. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pepper. The coconut aminos? No, just a regular liquid aminos. Just liquid aminos. Okay. Uh, That pepper, lemon, and I cooked it in avocado oil. Mm -hmm. Now, this took me, I mean, this took me months to even get to making this one dinner last night. So I've given myself, (laughs) this is not to do it. I timed it. This is how lame I am. I timed how long it took me from prep to cooking, including cleanup. 21 minutes top to bottom. (laughs) That's not bad, right? That's impressive. I don't know what I spent on this, but I've been or- I was ordering Uber Eats a lot, forty dollars average. Um, this is what maybe three, four dollars, maybe, mm-hmm. and it's the best dinner I've had in months. It's that good, so it's really it's so much easier than those of us who th- th- those of us who are afraid of getting in the kitchen or yeah. maybe changing our shop shopping habits might think. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really so good. Anyway. I, yeah. I, well, it looks really good. Yeah. I like making stuff like that too. I I like like one pot type things where it's yeah. like everything is in one dish and it's really simple and it's, yeah, it's smart. I started even growing my own mushrooms. So. Oh, cool. So I bought awesome. a mushroom kit and it's pretty amazing. I'm a, that's a mushroom kit. That's awesome. That's <laughs> really cool. So we've been, our hour has, has flown by here. Oh um, my goodness, yeah. I, I, I want to like push us toward a wrap up by putting Jungle Girl on the spot here. So <laughs> Amanda knows that we do this thing like we ask people to come up with like an off the cuff elevator pitch. But let's say we're back in promo class here for a minute, right? In pro wrestling, we cut promos. So Erica, Jungle Girl, you're in front of a room of people that are diagnosed that freshly diagnosed that don't know where the F to start. You got them for 60 seconds. What do you tell them? Wow. What do I tell them? Um, Cancer is something that happened to you, but it is not who you are. And you do not have to relinquish all of your control you retain an important piece, a critical piece in your journey, in your health, and that is self-care. And movement is powerful. It changes us. It will change you. I encourage you to just take two steps forward every day and to empower yourself to move through cancer, which ultimately is going to help you move through life. Awesome. 
you get you get an A in promo class for the day. <laughs> <That's> beautiful. <laughs> and, and the people need I'm sure we didn't practice that. <laughs> the people need guidance to get started. They can um, they can look at they can go visit you at endorphasmfoundation.org. They can also check out the wisdom of Amanda Kelly at this artcalledlife.com. Great, great resource. Uh, amazing seeing you. So good to see you. And uh, so great to see you, Rick. You really do. You look fantastic. I, I'm hopeful you. that things are really, really great for you. Are yeah. you, you're not in California anymore? No, actually, I just moved back to California a year ago. I was, okay. uh, my dogs and I were living on Maui for five years. Wow. Yeah, who who in their right mind moves from Hawaii to California, right? But um, it had a, a bit of a, a very positive late career resurgence. It's all entertainment industry related. So it was uh, time to come on back because I was making like two to three trips a month from Hawaii to LA. So here we are. Rick, Everything. I'm happy that you are uh, you are living your truth and your authentic self, and um, you know the uh, the light is shining. Oh well, thank you. That's but that's uh that's my ring light you see mixed with blush. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. I yes, with the blushing on top of it. Yes, thank you, Erica. So great to see you. It's so so cool watching the two of you interact. You there's um. You're, you're, you're so, you're so different, very different to two of you yet so much core positive similarities also. So great. Yeah, Amanda, you're very cool. Oh, thank you. You too, jungle girl. <laughs> no, seriously, it was such a pleasure. It's such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us and everything that you're thank doing. You. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. Let's be in touch, my friend. Please. Signing off for uh, myself. And for Amanda Kelly and for Erica Porter, Jungle Girl, on this episode of The Cancer Warriors. Bye, all. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Good, good stuff, everybody. All right. I keep trying. Now I keep trying to end the recording, Amanda. I can't end it. <laughs> Onward and upward in love and light. That's why it didn't end, because I didn't say that yet. Oh, is that your rap line? Well, I'll tell you what. So, Devin, please cut out this last 30 seconds of bantering and then add the following. If Onward and upward in love and light, and we will see you all in the next episode. Thank you so much and sending you all so much love.